recording. Great. That will be part of the podcast. Just me doing that for 10 minutes. And another episode recorded. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Road to High Five, a chance for me to speak to members of the High Five team and learn about how they ended up here and maybe also a little bit about themselves. Um, so I'll let my guest introduce themselves. Over to you. I'm Taylor Hillsgrove. I'm part of the Challenge Core Services team, and I'm an assistant builder. So the start question always for this interview is, how did you end up here? Where were you before that? And I think for you, you have a very unique perspective, almost that you were born and raised with High Five. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit how you ended up here. Um, well, um, anyone that doesn't know, Gary Hillsgrove is also a member of the building team or the CCS team, and uh, he's my father. And uh, so when he came to High Five roughly like 10 or 12 years ago, I was... 14, I would say, would mm -hmm. be the age. And so it, like, it was like my first glimpse right into High Five. And I remember coming to the office for the first time and everyone was High Five, just being that very warm and bubbly. And I just like kind of fell in love with this whole idea. And like eventually I started going on like my school vacation trips with Gary on the road. Because he's like, well, worst case scenario, I'm already getting a hotel room. It started with inspections. Like I'd go in on him, you know, look at mm -hmm. carabiners, harnesses, things of that nature. And then... Uh, and then progressed into like, hey, come with me on, you know, builds. And I remember when I was, I was very young, probably 15 or 16, just kind of handing people tools as my job. <laughs> caddy, tool caddy. <laughs> That's it. I just yeah. wore a big bag. and <laughs> um, Yeah, and that was just like progressing, just like seeing like, the steps like seeing that like we show up every day and i'm just bringing in the wood for them to start constructing and like on monday we would have a pile of wood and then on friday there was a like wall on the wall and i was like oh my giddy aunt that is the coolest thing i've ever yeah. seen sometimes i think like the when you grow up in sometimes there's a rebelliousness to not go and do the same thing that you were dragged along to do right. as a kid what do you think was different about your process because instead you ended up absolutely becoming passionate and loving it instead of being like ah, I don't want anything to do with this I remember I got dragged this way with, as a kid what do you think was different for you um, I, I would say like growing up, I always, Gary was always just um, being my, one of my idols. And mm. so like I, he always did carpentry my entire life. And you know, you learn rudimentary carpentry when you're young and you're like, all right, this is cool. I like this, but you don't just get good at it like really yep. quick. And like, I was pretty decent. Still am. I hope I like to think <laughs> at climbing like the, and yeah. then like the moment my dad put a harness on me was like, you know, made me a participant. He's like, mm. Oh, he's really good at climbing. And he, you know, feels very comfortable up there. And so like basically, as I went through the jobs and helping, 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 eventually they handed me a harness and were like, yeah, you can go try this out. Yeah. And I remember the first tree I ever stapled was, I know where it was. I don't know the camp name. Um, <laughs> I know it was in like the 495 yeah. zone of Boston. And um, like just have like someone saying like, I trust you to do this job on the mm. ropes course. And it would just, it felt so cool because that was the first trigger in my mind that was like, this is so cool what we're doing. We're building these things on poles and trees. And, and, and again, high five, the nature in which people work in this industry is a, it's just, we work cool too. Like, yeah. I, I hate to say yeah. it, but it's just like, everyone's very upbeat. And like yeah. the joke is always the first thing out of people's mouth, as opposed to like a scathing comment or whatever you might say. And so it was just all 
always that culture. And then I would go to my real job working at FYE, selling CDs. Oh, and I'm man. like, oh, I, I think these people hate me. And they did. <laughs> FYE. So I've got, I, I'm, I'll never go back to another FYE. FYE won't be a sponsor for this podcast. <laughs> Partly because I'm not going to say nice stuff about FYE. <laughs> but FYE, I went and I signed up. And you, you must know the inner workings of this then. I accidentally, or maybe I was naively, signed up for their rewards card thing. <laughs> And I could not, and they, they kept taking money from it or something like, like that was like a $10 every m- month, it seemed like, for this yeah. discount. I thought it was a free service. And then it took me six months to unsubscribe. It was not an easy process. So many phone calls. So now I have like a, even though I go past and I'm, I nerd out at like looking in and seeing all the, the video games and the, 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 the movies. I can't step beyond its threshold right. for fear that I will be trapped in a, a spiraling <laughs> network of, fees that I can't pay. So that place scares me. So that's a funny story is I got a shout out to FYE because why I kind of have this job now but because I, like I, they were introducing right when I was working yeah. there that program they're like hey you're going to want to sell people on this it's a terrible program they're going to get very little mm. rewards and the best part they're barely going to know they're paying money for it. Yeah. So, and that was your entire job. How many of those you could sell yep. in a month? And it was the very start of that whole mm. program. And I was like, so you want me to scam people is basically what you're telling me. And they're like, yeah, that'd be great. $7 an hour. You'll, you'll kill it. You know? And so yeah. I was like, I don't think I will. I think I'll sell them the DVDs. And I remember one day he's like, hey, man, I saw you telling people not to buy this thing. I distinctly yeah. you told don't you. Need it. Don't get it. It's <laughs> bad. And so I think I have to let you go. And I was like, you know what? I think we're at a mutual agreement. Here. Yeah. It's and funny how, and I bring it back to the stuff that we do now. I actually think that those interactions, those moments where you get scammed or something happens, you're paying for something, you're the, the constant upselling that companies do is the same reason that we sometimes struggle here at High Five to guarantee that we get training to people or we build them something. Because what we tend to do on a site visit anyway is we don't upsell. We sometimes downsell and it affects our margins. (laughs) But we say, I don't think you need this. Right. But then from a training, I know that Jamie was just at a site and he had issues trying to get them to abide by training. We struggle with that because I think there is a natural, because of the way some companies work, there's this natural defensiveness to assume that the person's trying to get some money out of you. Oh, definitely. Squeeze every last dime. And that's not what we do, but we fight against that always. But it is really refreshing to work for a company that we know that we're not doing that right know? having the thought in the back of your head knowing that you're doing the right thing as opposed to in the back of your head going oh i'm taking this person's money for nothing yeah. you know it was so much better when was the actual date that you started when did you become full-time so you started when you were you were a kid just following along when did it actually become a reality of you actually working here so 2014 was the first year where they signed you me up old for- enough to be able to work <laughs> <laughs> I was old enough to sway to cable. <laughs> yeah. okay. um, so I was around 2014, and uh, at that time, I, I, ju- I was 21 by a few months. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was at Camp Kenya of, uh, up in near Burlington, Vermont. I think it's in Colchester. But um, And it was in April. Gary just messaged me and be like, hey, you want to work next week? Come to Kenya? And I was like, 
Sure. And it started as another week of the like, oh, Just Taylor's going to come with us. Give us a hand. And then it's like being on site. I sh- I showed up knowing how to make a backup cable. And and then it kind of just like, I think some button click like, oh, we could we could put him to work. And kind of so and obviously me being me, I was all over with the bowl like yes sir you know so i was looking for it and so once i just like that first week i started to make backup cables and i remember at the end of the week one of the first things i did for being on high fives task was we have to hang a feature on the wall and how we did it back then and how we still do it now is we put hang the feature from the front of the wall with ropes and pulleys and things of that nature and then someone has to extend the tall ladder on the back of the wall to go up and put the plate and the nuts on the back of the bolts for mm. which we have to do mm-hmm. you know to attach yeah. that to that wall and they're all just you know Go ahead, Taylor. <laughs> yeah. You got it, kid. Yeah. And just you if you haven't stood on a fully extended forty foot ladder those are another set of legs you need. You you don't just walk with, and there's yeah. no such thing as just approaching that yeah. normally and walking up. And so it was. I just remember this feeling that intimidation, and I did it just fine. And yeah. so they were like, "All right, well, we tried to scare him, and we didn't. So let's do." Is <laughs> what I assume yeah. was the tactic yeah, there. This but is all a test, exactly. And so after that, like they're like, "Well, we could use you next week at Kenya too." And from there, I was just it was just like, and gone. You yeah. know, I just I. They knew I wanted to be here. They could tell I, you know, you know, they could use the help, and yeah. it was, it was that was the start date. But um, and I think that's, you know, I think for people who might listen to this and think like, how do I become a trainer or an installer or a facilitator? High five! I think both of us share, without the fact of me not growing up in the environment, but both had the work ethic and the drive to keep trying at it until you get asked like you did a lot of contract days i did a full year of having to do it um before people knew who i was and put my foot in the door but if either of us hadn't stepped up and done that extra work and said yeah no i can come and help you wait here a week here and be willing to do that we'd have never been considered so i think that's always something to get some experience under the belt before you even consider thinking of being a full-time gig. And then you already have the skills that people need, and you just have to demonstrate them. So it works so much better that way, experience-wise. Definitely. All right, so um, we're going to go into some questions now that are a little bit more quick-fire. First thing that pops into your head with some of these, and some of them make sense and some of them are completely nonsensical. Sure. (laughs) Just figure out. (laughs) Yeah, you will know where it is. Um, So first one is name a movie... You enjoyed as a child? Willy Wonka would be my first guess, the original one with Gene Wilder. Yes. And that would be the first one that would come to my mind. Oh, and and to anyone that knows me, just the weirdness in that movie just channeled straight to yep. me and going, I like that. Come weird. with me, <laughs> then we'll be. <laughs> and growing up, I was always the short. Imagination. <laughs> yep. You might as well just finish it. That <laughs> is a. Like a per- that, that there's a scene in that movie where he's doing the walking with his cane. Yes, and at the end he trips and then goes into a Ford's row and stands up. <laughs> That's a walking and anal- like analytical version of me. Yeah. There's a lot of lessons to be learned in that movie. <coughs> if you want to own a business, steal from the owner and then own up to it, and then as a as a reward for your honesty, you'll be rewarded with the entire business. <laughs> I've tried that in so many places. That doesn't seem to work. Well, that's where the term <laughs> nice guys finish last came from. <laughs> exactly. All right. Um, this one is a question I bring up often at um, Adventure Basics um, when I pair people together. I bring it up nearly every time. Um, and it's a would you rather. 
Would you rather fight a hundred horses the size of a duck or one duck the size of a horse? Oh, one definitely the one duck the size of a horse. Rationale, why? <laughs> the uh, chokehold is going to line up, the size of the duck is going to so line up nicer with the chokehold. And that's the only way you're getting down yeah. a, so you're, a duck the size of a horse. It's like you're not... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's the only idea because those feathers are going to be such a wide span. Like you, it, you it's going to block every strike. It's every just, strike is being blocked by the wings. So the only thing you're going to do is got to asphyxiate. You got to got to get in there real quick. <laughs> you got to get there quick. Get there quick, quick, before it can react. <laughs> Maybe when it's back is turned. Asphyxiation. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Perfect. And a hundred of anything's taking you down. I mean, just, it's a numbers yeah. game. It's just, it's just a numbers I game. I think people uh, just have a larger sense of themselves when they think they truly could stand against a hundred of anything. <laughs> Nothing. <You're> very arrogant. <laughs> very <laughs> arrogant. Even doesn't matter how small. Maybe a hundred ants, but... <laughs> Sometimes ants can be very territorial. <laughs> you got to think that's an ants carrying, and they can carry how much a percent of their weight? Oh my goodness, 100 of them? Yeah, something like that. So then you put it to the numbers. Is 100 ants lifting you? You don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I worked out to red, and this, uh, I'm going off on a tangent. When I worked out to red, there was, a, there was this thing, I don't know where this came from, like the concept of if you could be like uh, Dr. Doolittle, talk to the animals. That um, I wish I could call like hundred squirrels that I could stand upon, and they move almost like a magic carpet, dragging, <laughs> carrying me around. Like I could call the squirrels down from the treetops, and they would just all come together, line up perfectly, and I would climb upon the backs of the squirrels, distributing my weight, and they would carry me. You're like the Sleeping Beauty, <laughs> yeah. but of squirrels. Yeah. Well, because I would have to take trail hikes all the time, and it would be exhausting. If I could just, all right, kids, follow me, and then go. And then at least these squirrels <laughs> carry me as a carpet. It must be like the British thing. The accent must just carry so well to the squirrels. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Especially, not English squirrels, but American squirrels. <laughs> they love it. Um, I've got a couple more would you rathers. Okay. And um, we'll see how they go. Some of these are just ridiculous. But Would you rather only be able to sleep on a couch that is five inches shorter than you are that's your only sleeping option. And it's a couch, and it's five inches shorter than you. Forever. Or, randomly, n- not knowing when, get more twisted ankles than anyone normally would in their lifetime. And so, and I'll give you the rationale right away. I have to pick the couch. Okay. Because in my job, I do a thing which is called two-lining, which is standing yeah. on a piece of three-eighths inch cable and leaning your body weight out against the weight of another cable. As, yeah. So you're standing at somewhat of an angle. <laughs> and if I got them more than often, the only time I can think of is a snake twisting an ankle and falling and your entire body weight being hung in your harness and then getting up and then going, not again. <laughs> That's true. If they're random, you don't know when they come and they're not coming from you doing something. It just at any point, you could literally be just sitting in a chair eating like breakfast cereal and then you twist your ankle. <laughs> Definitely. All right, so I agree. That wouldn't help your job, but you would then sleep in a couch. I, would, I mean, I'd be grouchy either way, so... <laughs> It's I'd true. rather be a scrunched up grouchy guy than a completely in pain grouchy guy. <laughs> Great. Would you another one? Would you rather be able to jump all the way to the moon? So you have the ability to jump as all the way to the moon, but ha- permanently have spoons for hands, <laughs> or 
be able to at any point make food appear at will, but the food is always a little too salty. Well, I got a sensitive tongue, so the salty, that's out. <laughs> that's yeah. out immediately. Okay. I was a Sour Patch Kid when I was young and just you like... You were a Sour Patch Kid. I was, but over the years of just that abrasion. So you were you were, a, you were the candy? <laughs> oh, I was. No, that's it. The and little green guy, if you were wondering who that was. And you turned into a human? <laughs> At which point did you transform from the Sour Patch Kid to the human being that you are now? And how did this happen? What kind of magic is this? <laughs> All right. So, um, sensitive tongue, and so you would have to no choose. Salt. You would have to choose the ability to be able to jump, which would be incredible. What yeah. an incredible skill to be able to jump that high! I would know. I'm intrigued to know if every time you jump, you that's jump to the, the moon. That's the take, man. Anytime both my feet come off the ground, if I'm going like, millions of miles, and and I do know that you jump very easily. <laughs> So if, if someone came behind you and went, Taylor, you'd go, yeah, and then you would propel all the way up into the stratosphere and to the moon. My most famous jump from Scared, which, in case you guys don't know, I'm jumpy, uh, was at the Vermont Country Deli, very kind of intimate, small-setting deli, and a truck went by, and I jumped a foot, and now, that was a year and a half ago now, and now when I walk in, they still laugh at me. <laughs> I start my mornings to get a bagel with people just laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, unfortunately, being jumpy, you just instantly are a victim. <laughs> Immediately. Everyone is going to try at some point to make you scared because it's so funny to see you jump. And if you could jump to the... That would be even funnier if every time... And it would take you... I don't know how long it takes to get back it, down from Earth. you got to account, like, I'm losing half a work day. I mean, I'm so, so inconvenient. <laughs> You're just coming down, you're just, your arms are crossed. I would assume you float down, otherwise you'd die. I would assume jump. you're coming like Mary Poppins floating yeah. in. And but every time it'd be like, oh, here it is again. <laughs> if one more person makes me jump today, I've wasted the entire thing. All right, awesome. Um, last question. What is a job you would like me to have? All right, um, and I'm going to go through a little bit of description first. Do you, and I'm sure you know the reference, do you know the lady on the trolley in the first Harry Potter film that has the cart with the goodies on it? I do. I would love you to be one of those with the full bellhop costume, but keeping yep. your perfectly same persona now, and but yep. you're not allowed to turn on that brilliant, like, Phil trainer, like, I'm, you know, like, helper. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you can yep. only go as your, like, most common... <laughs> <laughs> like workplace demeanor. Okay. All right. I, I, that is something I could pull off quite seamlessly. <laughs> and just, I don't know why, but you in the get up with a, just almost a sarcastic, very flat demeanor is something that just rhymes pure comedy gold in my, in my head. The, the next time you watch that movie now, I will be there. <laughs> if somehow I have a connection to JK, I'm just gonna be just gonna be able to connect with her. Say, hey, I need to be in this movie. I know it's been out for ten years, <laughs> but you're out. <laughs> I just need you to crop my face into that position, just for a joke. All right, um, awesome. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks a lot, Taylor. Yeah, thank you. Can you say, thanks for listening to High Five? Thanks for listening to High Five. And then what about, thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? 
try. Thanks for giving. I think I'm guy. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. It really does help us out a whole lot. And next time on The Road to High Five. I'm the director of the Actual Leadership Program at the time, Kate Douglas, who said to me when I was a student, she said, I can see why you're focusing on facilitation. Mm. And at the t- I wasn't sure if she meant like because you need to grow a lot <laughs> or because you love it. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. I just, she noticed that I was interested. <laughs>